Hi, this is Alana with the Dealing with Donor Conception podcast, and welcome back. I'm so excited that you're listening to this podcast and taking a deep look into what it means to be donor conceived, to use donor conception, to um, just explore third party re- reproduction and its ethics in general. If you're trying to have a family, I, I, I want to ennoble you in your um, quest for love. And it's a journey to find love, and I want to help you um, on that journey. But I want you to, to love the right way, because then you can receive love the right way, too. And today's episode is the, the last of the, the five-part series of why we should oppose third-party reproduction. So I went into broken kinship bonds, abortion, eugenics, uh, human trafficking, and now, lastly, I'm going to tell you about the serious health risks involved in third-party reproduction and just one more reason why we should um, reconsider our use of it and maybe explore more ethical options and solutions to overcoming infertility which I will share in the next episode Um, but there are very serious health risks involved with third-party reproduction not just to the child but to the woman and even some with men uh, as sperm donors, so in fact, I can't even really touch on all of them. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some evidence that you can consider for yourself. Reject if you want. You're intelligent, and you can take this with a grain of salt. This is just what I've found and what I think is worth sharing. So, the big health risks come with egg donation and surrogacy, no doubt about it. Sperm donation is a lot less risky. Um, but when we accept sperm donation as good, um, then people, it's only right and equal and just to, you know, accept egg donation as, as um, justifiable too. So even though I'm donor-conceived due to sperm donation, I have an interest in in egg donation as well as a woman and surrogacy because I'm a woman and a mother. So some of the severe health risks, well, there's psychological risks to the children born via third-party reproduction. And there's physical and psychological health risks to egg donors and surrogates. But children born through assisted reproduction are much more likely to suffer significant increases in low and very low birth weights, stillbirths, fetal anomalies, and higher blood pressure. I mean, if you think about this, you know, what IVF is, is you create embryos outside of the body, and then you re-implant them into what was a sterile environment, usually. So, there's gonna, it's like if you have soil issues, and you take a seed fertilize it outside of, of your flower bed, but then you re-implant it in like a desert environment or too sandy or too um, water-soaked or, you know, whatever problems with the soil, you're not going to get a healthy plant that grows from it. So IVF does not restore a woman's natural fertility. It doesn't fix anything with the womb environment. All it does is it creates an embryo outside the body and re-implants it. So of course you're going to have issues with the health of the baby. Um, some psychological risk, you know, young adult 
children born via anonymous gamete donation. We have genealogical bewilderment, um, which is a phrase that doesn't carry a lot of weight if you just say it. But I, I went into it more with the Broken Kinship Bonds episode, which I think is episode two. Uh, no, episode three. And genealogical be- bewilderment can be all-encompassing. It can hijack your life. It can be an obsession. It can distract you from school, distract you from work. Um, the question of who am I and where do I come from must be answered. And nothing else can can have your attention until that, that question is answered. So that's a psychological issue when you're, you can't function in life because you have to answer this question. Um, moving on, the medical process required for egg retrieval has shown many medical hazards. So risks include ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, loss of fertility. So you're an egg donor, you're like 20 years old, you sell your eggs, and then you realize you can't have your own children after? Serious. Ovarian torsion, blood clots, kidney disease, premature menopause, ovarian cysts, chronic pelvic pain, stroke, reproductive cancers, and in some cases, death. There have been deaths due to egg donation. You can uh, watch a film called Egg Exploitation, which covers some of these. There's a group called We Are Egg Donors, and they have, I, last time I talked to them, this was a few years ago, they were trying to put together data on how many of their members, who are all egg donors, how many of their members experienced these negative side effects. And they told me that the, the, the instances of ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome are just super high. Everybody's getting overstimulated. And if you think about it, like when you're a fertility doctor or an IVF doctor and you you go in and you're going to retrieve as many eggs as you can from a woman, uh, well, you only need enough to create an implantation, but there's there's a lot of incentive to to get as many eggs as you can so that you can create as many embryos as you can, so that either the recipient can have those or you can resell them. As a fertility doctor, you can resell them as research. You don't have to tell the recipient parent how many embryos were created. And there's a lot of embryonic stem cell research being done, and so I think a lot of these doctors, this is me speculating, but um, in conversations I've had with industry insiders over this, um, anecdotally, this should be looked into. Doctors stealing eggs, creating embryos so that they could resell them. And so these poor egg donors, they think that they're just helping a family in need, but they're getting, um, they're being completely exploited in the process. So um, another thing, moving on, there's in the media, when you're donor conceived and you try to do any kind of activism or writing articles about this. Sometimes I get journalists who reach out to me and it seems like the, the media is really preoccupied with this idea of consanguinity or like unintentional inbreeding, 
with Donor Offspring, you had that um, Vince Vaughn movie. Um, you had, there's a new TV show out called Almost Family where there's, you know, hundreds of siblings and stuff. And those, the issue of unintentional inbreeding is real and therefore it's it's considered a serious health risk. Um, moving on, the, oh, well, related to that, the American Society for Reproductive Medicine, they have guidelines about how many live births one donor can have. So their recommendation, this is the American Society for Reproductive Medicine, they stipulate that a donor should be limited to 25 live births per population area of 850,000. Um, it's not enforced, but that's the recommendation. But it's estimated that only about 40% of births are reported. But if you draw these numbers out and you realize that a lot of these sperm banks, they're not just, they're not only operating locally. I mean, there's there um, some of these sperm banks are like on the top 10 list of of uh, FedEx and UPS users, they're shipping their sperm all over the place. And if you if you extrapolate the numbers, that means that in the United States, which has 327 million people, each donor would be would have an offspring limit of 9,617. So, do you think the ASRM guidelines are reasonable? Do you think that a donor should be allowed to have 9,617 offspring? That's ridiculous if you think that's okay. it's I'm sorry, but that's wrong. It's so wrong. And there's a lot of like humiliating psychological consequences of this. I mean, you, there was a photographer in the New York Times who uh, chronicled her 32 half-siblings. Only 32. That's that's a fraction of 9,000. And some of these these young adults, her half-siblings, they feel total despair, just like, like not unique individuals. Like they were just cookie-cutter, like Ford, you know, manufactured off of a machine and, and real despair out of having so many siblings that they can't know, could not possibly relate to or form bonds with. And that leads to um, the psychological consequences of knowing that you were bought and paid for. So people conceived using surrogacy and commercial gametes, we often have this unhealthy relationship with money. So I believe that many donor conceived people um, have rejected capitalism and we gravitate towards socialism and communism because we have this perception that money is evil. Because we feel uncomfortable with the exchange of money regarding our conception. And and it's hard to form in our minds what good boundaries are on capitalism. You know, where where should it be delineated that this is commercial and this is sacred? And so oftentimes we kind of reject like everything should be um, just communal or not for sale or barter, things like that. Um, 
there's a there's a film called Father, Mother, Donor, Child by Gerhalter Films. Uh, G-E-Y-R-H-A-L-T-E-R. It's a Swiss company. Or Austrian. Austrian. Austrian film company. And one of the donor-conceived interviewees um, remarked that at a young age, she felt that she was a child of Satan. She was so uncomfortable with her conception and um, that she thought she was from the devil. Isn't that interesting? So, I've got some notes here. Let me just go through them real quick. Okay. Now, this goes on to, some of us are taught from a young age, like I was at a young age, that that body parts are for sale. Body parts are for sale. And if your father sold his sperm, and so you kind of got the lesson that everything's for sale. And I received stories at anonymous.org by um, other authors who they said that they have prostituted themselves and they think that it's related to their donor conception upbringing, especially since they didn't have, um, you know, a biological father to provide for them. There's been stories from egg donors sharing that they chose to sell their eggs as a substitute for traditional prostitution. So surrogacy and gamete donation as an industry, um, they're more closely tied to prostitution than healthcare. They're more closely tied to prostitution than real health care. On a related note, there's a woman named Eve Wiley, and I, I want to get her interviewed on this podcast eventually, but she's a donor-conceived woman in Dallas, Texas, and she has successfully petitioned the state to expand the definition of sexual assault in the state of Texas to include fertility fraud. So Wiley's mother was artificially inseminated, um, but not with the sperm of the donor she had chosen, but rather using the sperm of the fertility doctor that she had trusted, without her consent, of course. So there's a lot of donor-conceived people like this, where you find out it was the doctor. They didn't use a proper sperm donor. The, the man lied to them and used his own sperm. This is a serious violation, and it constitutes rape. So there's psychological consequences for the victims, the the mother, the child. This is a violation. Um, it's a betrayal of trust, and this is how the industry operates. This is how they are. Okay. So, um, perhaps never before expressed anywhere. There's Regarding donor conception, there is a higher potential for being raised by individuals with serious personality disorders. I talked in the last episode about human trafficking, and there's pedophile networks that like grow their own victims, essentially. I also talked about how there's no home studies, and nobody's really making sure that these children they're growing are, being, um, are entering into families that are capable of raising them to certain standards. And 
so the there's psychological risks when you don't have home studies and, and different things like that. Um, there's a good chance that a lot of individuals are going to be raised by people with serious personality disorders, which makes them vulnerable to the development of corresponding personality disorders. Because donor conception it bypasses two very important filters that used to limit mentally ill individuals from parenthood, and that was dating. You know, because dating is like a filter system. You got to pass the dating test, uh, but. It's better than the state, you guys. You know, dating, yeah, you got to pass a test. Like someone different than you has to to say, yeah, I want you to reproduce. I would like to reproduce with you. Let's do it. And for some people, that's that's a big journey to get to a place where, you know, someone would want to marry you and have kids with you. But it's it's, everybody's working on it. Everybody is working on being like marriage worthy. We're all trying to <sighs> groom ourselves and kick our bad habits and, and learn how to keep a job and like shower on a daily basis so that someone would actually want to marry and have a kid with us. We're all working on that. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And it's so much better than the state coming in there and being like, you know, docket number three, four, five, six, seven, you are not allowed to reproduce. And meanwhile, the corruption, like letting all their buddies have a reproduction pass, like that's not, that's not okay. It's not okay at all. And the, the, it's nice that you just need someone to love you. You just need one person to love you, um, enough to have a kid with. That's a, that's cool. That's good. And, but that's also a filter. And so that's a filter that limits mentally ill individuals from parenthood and also adoption home studies. So that is kind of more like the state, but it's not really like Donald Trump approving your parenthood. It's more like church ladies kind of thing. So, um, but now we don't have that. So now anybody with the money can have a kid, including pedophile networks. Yeehaw. So now fertility clinics allow anybody with the ability to pay access to donor gametes, and they call them gestational carriers. So forget the word mother. We're going to dehumanize it as much as possible by calling them a gestational carrier. Um, gestational carrier 1267, please give us your baby, right? So last episode, I talked about millionaire Mr. Shigeta, Matsutuki Shigeta, and then now there's people like Nadia Suleiman. She was called the Octomom. You know, she had she used a sperm donor in IVF, and she had like eight babies at one time. And she already had like six before that. Um, there's a generation of children being raised by narcissists and pedophiles now. Um, or even just really, really old parents that can't take care of them. Like there's an Indian couple. They just broke the world record. Daljinder Cower, I think is how you pronounce her name, who at age 72 gave birth to her first child in an Indian fertility clinic. So this woman has already had a heart attack, and they're going to die any day now, and she just gave birth to twins. So these children are destined for neglect, or they're destined for the foster care system and abuse because their parents just 
They're just not capable of protecting them, educating them, and providing for them. They're just not capable. But they had money so they could pay for their kid. So I'd like to share now... Um, do I want to share this? I don't know if I want to share this. Anyways, I think that that these personality disorder things are serious and that um, there's a huge market for psychologists now because of all the craziness that's happening with how people are being conceived. Um, you might want to know more about serious health first when it comes to egg donors and surrogates. Um, I suggest the movie Breeders. Um, Breeders, there was a woman who she had a, she acted as a surrogate for her brother and his male partner, and she had she almost died. She almost died um, because of the pregnancy and the the her brother-in-law, so her brother's husband, said, let's just get some other stupid woman, stupid woman with a uterus, or let's just go find some other stupid uterus to have our kid. And it should leave you with a bad taste in your mouth when you hear about women being treated like that. Like, you think you're giving your body, you're sacrificing yourself, and you're going to be cherished and adored for your sacrifice. But in many cases, you're just being used. And you should be aware of that. Because the truth is going to set you free. So I want you to have a really honest look at the industry, how it operates, and who's using these services. And just be okay saying no. Be okay finding a different solution and and not choosing third-party reproduction. And then the next episode, I'm going to share with you guys um, what I have found as the ethical solution that kind of circumvents all this madness. I'm going to share with you NAPRO technology and natural family planning and why I'm such a big fan of them. Thank you for listening. Um, I commend you for being here, and good luck on your family journey. Bye-bye.